Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got the week's tech news, including the return of the unlimited plan and what it might mean for your self-service. We also talk about Android Wear 2.0, Apple going wireless, and where the responsibility lies on the internet. It's a CAMS episode of Don't Panic, and it's going to start for you right now. This is Don't Panic, episode number 158, recorded February 13th, 2017. Terms and Conditions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast that sailed through its Senate confirmation hearings. I'm Sean Jennings, joined, as always, by the Secretary of Internet Nonsense, Colby Rabideau, and uh, the Secretary of uh, Technology Wonderfulness, Dan Miller. <laughs> Joe, I would nominate What's both that? of you to those positions. Thanks. I'm not sure would, I'm qualified, but what does it matter? Would, would, bipartisan would our nominations approval? be... Uh, yeah. Okay. That was going to be my question. Would it be hotly contested? No. <laughs> I think it'd be a no-brainer. I think. I think they. You'd sail right through. What was it? The the only one I've seen go through was the Veterans Affair guy was voted in unanimously. It would be like that, but for you guys, because everyone loves Colby and Dan. Dan. There you go. Now, me on the other hand, if I were nominated for those positions, I'm wildly unqualified. So I'd also <laughs> get approved, but only by the my bet, party. The Betsy DeVos of. I should have started that. And, <laughs> And I'm the Betsy DeVos of, uh, of this program, Sean Jennings. <laughs> I'm, I'm just so wealthy, I bought my way onto the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Too soon. Uh, what's up, guys? What's just, going on? I mean, that is, that is sort of what we did. We just, like, bought our way into a podcast. No one watches. Well, but... that's what I'm saying. The bar to entry was so low that we just showed up and it happened. Yeah. Of course, yeah. we've gotten much better at it as time goes on, but... <laughs> I hope. Maybe that's not for me to judge. <laughs> At least a little, I would think. I, don't know. I, I go back and watch those episodes, and I mean, we were always great. So I don't know what people are, all the people out there talking about it. I don't know what they're saying, but <laughs> I think we were always pretty awesome. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't care about the haters out there. The like two people who've commented on our YouTube page are like, I really like your show, but no one watches it. I don't know why you still do it. <laughs> like, and like more than one person has done that someone uh, did that for up for debate at like last month i'm like oh, why really? would you even write that like, <laughs> like thanks for the compliment but like why are right, you telling like, me to stop why would you say both of those things like if you like the show i don't know like tell a friend about it or something and that's what i was i literally was like well you know more people might watch it if you told people that's what i responded with and he didn't say anything so screw that guy yeah, we, yeah. We, I, I i insulted our one fan <laughs> um, not very fun uh i do want to yeah. quickly before we jump into uh some some banter and some nonsense here i want to remind everybody of course we still have our phone number 508-644-TECH that's 508-644-TECH or 8324 the number's there on the screen if you're watching the video live on facebook at facebook.com slash don't panic show call in join the conversation you'll be brought right in with the three of us you can talk with us live here on the show uh with your thoughts and opinions and and i've still got i've literally have just I, I, you can't see it just outside of frame. I've just got mountains of tote bags. I've got to give away. We got to give away the don't panic tote bag. So be the first person to call in with a substantive comment as judged by me. And you could win a complimentary don't panic tote bag filled with uh, change mode stickers. Um, okay, guys, what, uh, <laughs> what, I do. I do still have a lot of those and I, I have nothing to I'm going to just ship them to you guys. You gotta you bring get rid back of them. change mode. Yeah, man, it, it, it lives. I still I'm still I think I just renewed the domain for another year. Oh, do I, don't, you? I don't know why. I still have it. <laughs> Changemo.de. It's a 
classic. Yeah, I don't know. They I don't bring it back. I don't even know where it goes oh, to anymore because that website doesn't exist. It seems to go to the don't, don't panic, panic page, page, but like with no CSS, which yeah. is weird. I just, <laughs> does don't panic just have no CSS now? Nope. No, it, it seems to have CSS. It's loading for me fine. Um, I don't know why that happened. So what's going on with you guys? What's new? What's the uh, what's the scoop? What's the good word? What's going down in Dan and Colby Town? I don't know. Uh, there was a bunch of snow. Like for it, just it, it it kept happening again and again. I got new boots today, ooh. like real winter boots. I've been making do. Like last winter, I made do all winter with like normal, like sneaker hike height, like hiking boots which was fine, but now the snow's deep. And the real problem is not the snow. It's like the puddles at the beginning of the crosswalk that like as the snow melts, just get higher and higher. And it's at the point now where, where I can't walk through them without spilling, without some spillover and, and just can't have that. So I got, I got some real winter boots. Uh, I think that's all that's new with me though. Yeah. I, I went to a sake bar yesterday uh, it was delicious. There's a guy in there with a parakeet on his shoulder. Uh, yeah, it was pretty weird. Uh, it's pretty New York. I was about to I say, think... is it that uncommon? Well, the only other thing I've seen like this was I was uh, drinking a coffee in Soho once, and I saw this woman pushing a, a stroller, <laughs> an older woman. But I, I didn't think anything of it, except for the fact that there was, like, a net over the front of it. So, like, most strollers are open to the air in the front. And this one had a net over the front. So that's, I, w- I was staring at it and staring at it, and she was, like, walking across the street, coming closer and closer. I look in. There's a bird in there. She's kicking her bird on a, on a walk in this little tiny box. And then, to make it even stranger, she was stopping at almost every store on this block, opening the door, not stepping in, saying something to the person to a person inside and then closing the door. And I had to imagine she was asking if she could bring her bird in with her. Uh, wow. That's and, the and only no one thing said I yes. Oh well, what? if my suspicion is correct then yeah, no one did. Or maybe she just time. wanted to peek in without actually stepping in. Mm-hmm. One time I was on the T and uh on the green line trains in Boston, there's a spot that has like no seats that's reserved for like wheelchairs or strollers or, you know, whatever. Um, and this lady got on, I, I was standing there and this lady got on with a stroller and I just, you know, like moved to it, to a different spot. Um, and then like five minutes later, I, I glanced over and noticed that in her stroller was not a baby. It was a dog. Like she had a dog stroller. Uh, and that was, confusing to me i'd never never <laughs> seen anything like that uh less surprising i think than the bird stroller but but only, only marginally so right wow yeah people putting animals into strollers yeah it's a new fact sweeping the nation crazy uh other than that i don't think anything exciting happened speaking of uh, animals Sean, I, I feel like you went to the zoo this weekend. I don't know what gave you that idea that I went to the zoo. <laughs> they had a sale on mugs, and you know me, I love my mugs. So I did. I went to the zoo, and I, and I came up with two very interesting observations. I haven't been to a zoo in easily a decade. A very long time. I never go to, who goes to the zoo? I never go to the zoo. 
Went to the Houston Zoo. If you're in Houston, I recommend it. It's a really good... I mean, I, I can't compare it to other zoos because I don't go to zoos. It, on its own, it was a good zoo. Best zoo. It was hey, Houston, man. Everything's bigger in Texas, and it was a pretty <laughs> average-sized zoo. But um, it had animals and whatnot. But I discovered two things about myself and about the animals when I was there, right? The first being is that I am horrifically terrible at spotting the animals in their enclosures. <laughs> I felt like such a moron because it was like a game of hide-and-seek and like the kids around me were doing a better job than I was. I'm like looking and like, and I'm like, maybe they're not in here. And then the kids like look over there, and I look and they're like, there's a gorilla or like so. You know, I'm not talking like, yeah, I went to the reptile house and like the frogs designed to blend in. Okay, like you know the snakes kind of understandable, <laughs> but literally they had a jaguar like with the spots on it, like uh-huh. easily visible, and I could not see it. And they finally someone pointed it out, and I'm like, oh man, I felt like such an idiot. So. You know, anytime you see those, you know, if you see something, say something. It's like, no, I'm never going to see anything. I'm like the the, the <laughs> least observant person on the planet. So that's one. And number two, you know, um, man and animal, right? We're very close. We're very similar, um, you know, ge- genetically, uh, evolution and all that, right? And, and, and animals are cooler than us in some ways. But man, you know, we got thumbs and shit. So we're better in other ways. But I did find one area where man is superior. And this is just the weirdness that goes on in my brain. So you have to excuse me. Man got the best butt of all the animals. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, you see pictures of animals on the... I don't see many animals in person, like exotic animals, right? Um, uh-huh. You mostly see pictures of them, and no one really takes pictures of that. But when you're just looking at them, you're like, wow, those are really ugly. Like, they're just some horrifically ugly rear ends of animals out in the animal kingdom... And I don't know how mankind did it, but they, they just did such a good job of evolving just a nice little. Maybe, you know, some people say that like our opposable thumbs are our evolutionary advantage, but maybe, maybe that's what it is. I'm dead ass. I'm just dead ass. <laughs> that's the scientific term for it right there. Yes. Yep. So I don't know why that's I noticed crazy. that, but I was looking. I'm like, oh man, that looks gross. Oh, that's not right. Oh, and I'm like, man, but the you know, I've never. I, I'm not sure I've ever noticed that before, but I think I will the next time I go to a zoo. I was about to say, my recommendation to anyone out there: go to your local zoo and just stare, just for a, a, an uncomfortably long amount of time, at uh, at animals' assholes, and 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 really, you'll just have a great time. Um, go ahead. Oh, I'm gonna change the subject. Please do. Oh, that's, that's okay. Please. I, something exciting did happen to me this weekend, but it was on Friday, and it felt so long ago. So I went to see one of my uh, a member of my favorite band play like a side gig, uh, and it's one of those standing deals. So we're standing, and uh, the show finally starts. It took forever. Like the opening act was late, and the gap between them was forever. He finally starts, and he plays one song, and then he plays a second song, and then he jumps off stage, walks right up to me, and we start dancing together. Oh, my <laughs> it God. Was, it was the weirdest thing. And somewhere, I, I, I'm too self-conscious to look for this, but if someone was determined, they could probably find YouTube videos of this because I was surrounded by people taking videos of this occurrence. <laughs> also, it was awkward because I had my laptop bag with me. Uh it was it must have been a sight to behold <laughs> but that that was oh, definitely the most exciting thing that happened to me this weekend was that the uh the the instagram video there you posted um it was from that concert, from that concert? Yeah. that music sounded great 
Yeah, they're amazing. I give, I give Dan Miller credit. Dan Miller has good taste in things, specifically in this case, music. And they just won their third Grammy yesterday. Whoa. That's fantastic. It's crazy. Do people care about the Grammys? Uh, the people seem to. There's something about Beyonce and what? Adele all over Twitter the past few days. and There's something about goddesses. I can't... Like, reading the tweets, I have no idea what fucking happened. Like, there's a... She, she, Adele had to say something to Beyonce. I don't know why. There's all these pictures of Beyonce in a halo. I think we've, like... Beyonce has actually ascended into godhood. A deity? Like, it, it used to be a joke. It used to be something people would joke about. and But, but yeah, now it's the new pantheon of American culture. Like, Christians are minorities because the rest of the country is worshipping Beyonce. Wow, that is deep. She's on the Mount yeah. Rushmore of popular culture. Yeah, but it's not Mount Rushmore. I don't know what it is. It's just Beyonce. It's, it's the le- it's lemonade. It's it is it is Grammy <laughs> loser it's Beyonce. The, lemonade, the Mount Rushmore of popular culture. Wow, that is <laughs> a Beyonce mixed metaphor. Win a Grammy? Yeah, Adele beat huh? her. That's that's kind of how that started. Oh. Was for album of the year, um, or artist of the year. One of the two. <laughs> Adele beat Beyonce, and Beyonce hey. over the last couple years, she's lost three times in a row to Adele, Beck, and someone else really white. Who is Beck? Mm, got is it like it. Becky? Beck? No, you never the, heard of the Beck? musician Beck. I have literally, this is the first time I've heard of He's been of around Beck. like for 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> never. He I plays kind of like weird music. He's, what was his, his big it's one was Loser, right? I'm a loser, yeah. baby, so why don't you kill me? Remember that one? No. So I heard about Chance the Rapper for the first time yesterday, too. Sure, the first artist. He's a very uninventive stage name. Although apparently there's someone called... uh, Chance, what do you do? Oh, I'm a rapper. So, okay, what do you want to call yourself? Like, you know, you could do uh, Babylonia. You could, you know, Beyonce. Throw some ideas out. I'll just be Chance the Rapper. So, okay, now you've inspired me. What would yeah. Dan's musician name be? <laughs> if he's so good at coming up with 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 alternative cuz we can't call him Dan the rapper apparently. <laughs> that's that's too easy. Uh, D-Pain? I don't know. I think it depends what kind of music I'm doing, right? That's a good question. That's true. Think, I wouldn't be very good at coming up with a rapper stage name. <laughs> Funky D. And I Funky feel like D. Most other... <laughs> I love that. I love that. That's that's, pretty... I feel like that's that's pretty pretty uh, flexible too. Like you could you could play a lot of types of music yeah, with a name like true. Funky D. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, I think Colby found it. Funky D. <laughs> Ton. <laughs> On a roll. That's I think right. Colby's would probably be the, what the Cotton Experience. Cotton <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Gin. Cotton Gin, that's good. Uh, it's a little racy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Cole Bonse. <laughs> it, it does. It must have something to do with cotton. You're right. I mean, that's the obvious choice. Yeah, but Certainly I think in the cases like this, uh, obvious choice is usually the correct one. Hmm. 
like like the the sousaphone player in the in the roots his stage name is tuba gooding jr <laughs> that's pretty good <laughs> it's the obvious one but it's the best one <laughs> i will say my my fit i oh man what oh shoot it was um Never mind. Keep talking. I got to see if I can remember this. Uh, <laughs> okay. No, because I had the best musician name I had ever heard of in my life. And it's going to bug the hell out of me that I'm not going to remember who it was or where they're from. Hmm. Damn. Anyway. Cotton Eye Colby. Cotton Eye Colby. <laughs> That's, I mean, he's probably going to own uh, Rednecks, uh, a royalty for using that. But sure. I, I like that. That's a good. That's good. Colby Cotton Eye. What does that mean exactly? Like having a cotton eye? I don't know. It must be something since there was Cotton Eye Joe, right? Like this isn't a, a one time. If we've learned anything in the past six months, Colby, is that things don't necessarily have to mean anything. Wow. <laughs> Would you, if, if you'd like I'm to just, know. I'm just searching for something to grasp onto. <laughs> any. Would you know that? Do you actually want to know the history? Oh, yeah. Cotton Eye Joe, excluding the dance hit you know and love, is actually a traditional American country folk song um, popular throughout uh, the United States and Canada. Um, let's see. It's, uh, the origins of the song are unclear, though it predates the American Civil War. Um, hmm. Let's see. They published a version in 1882, um, a folk song that went... Uh, oh my god, it's written in that... Oh oh my god, I'm gonna... Whew, this is bad. It's written in that kind of like real bad southern English where all the words are oh, like... Alright, Cotton Eye Joe, Cotton Eye Joe, what did make you sarve me so? Fur to <laughs> take my girl away from me and sire her plum to her Tennessee. In it been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd have been married long ago. That's just the first verse. I won't do any more. I'll save you from that, that. That was plenty. Thank you. Yes. But it doesn't explain... <clears throat> I'm reading the Wikipedia article as well. It does not explain... Oh, wait. Here we go. A list of the possible meanings of the term cotton eye have been proposed, including to be drunk on moonshine or to have been blinded by drinking wood alcohol, turning the eyes milky white, a black person with very light blue eyes, okay, uh, someone whose eyes are milky white from bacterial infections... Uh, from a disease such as syphilis, cataracts, or glaucoma, the contrast of dark skin tone around the white eyeballs and black... Okay, Jesus. Yeah, this sounds we perfect so... for a popular American music <laughs> act. Right, right. Oh, my God. Naturally, it's racist. Um, cool. Yeah, I'm, extremely. I'm glad we got to the bottom of this. I guess we've we could... gone too deep. We we've gone too deep. Up. Back it up. Back it up. Back it up, guys. Yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. Roll it back. Technology. Roll it back. All right. Technologies after the cotton gin. That's right. That's what we're going to talk about now. We've got a whole set of news here to discuss, a whole bunch of stories. Before we get to that, I remind everybody, if you're watching us live, we appreciate it. Monday nights, roughly 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central on Facebook at facebook.com slash don't panic show. And you can call in live 508-644-TECH. That's 508-644-8324. Call in live or really at any time uh, and record a voicemail. We may play it on the show. Guys, where in this lengthy rundown would you like to begin tonight? 
There are no wrong answers, only good answers. Let's start with the the story I was making fun of. NBA. The NBA. NBA baller beats. The first (laughs) time... Um, the I have to. Th- I'm pretty sure this is the first time we've ever referenced an ESPN story in the history of the program. Mm. But there's a good first time so. for everything. Um, yeah. and the and the reason we're doing that is because NBA is partnering with Take Two Interactive Software. You may know them as the people behind NBA 2K, the video games, to form a first of its kind esports league. Now we've talked on the show previously about esports and the the sort of growth of that and where it's heading. What they're doing here is extremely different because it's being sponsored by the NBA. Uh, tentatively began to set to begin play in 2018. Eventually, the league will feature 30 NBA 2K teams, each one owned by one of the real NBA franchises. So this is this is very connected to the NBA. The teams will each be comprised of five human players, as opposed to dog players, um, who will play out a five-month season that mirrors the end the real NBA season. They'll have a, a regular season, then playoffs, then a championship matchup. Interestingly enough. Um, the those five players will be will draw salaries, will train, and will play for five months. This is a full time job for the individuals playing on these esports teams. They will uh, build a team within the game. Um, will compete all season long, and there will of course be a winner at the end. The league NBA is in charge of staging events, selling tickets, creating merchandise, negotiating licensing rights. A big opportunity for them to make some money. Um, and one additional note, real NBA players will not be representative as avatars in the game, so they will not be able to play as real players. They will make up fake players to play in the real NBA game. Guys, does this seem more or less legitimate to you than... So, so this is only for this one game? Only for NBA 2K, yes, correct. Yeah. More or less legitimate than what? Than some of the other, like, you know, Major League Gaming, or is, is because it's so closely tied to the NBA and because they're salaried and because it's. I. I, I so, is it more legit? I don't know. So. I, I. I don't know if I'm the best person to answer this because <clears throat> I'm pretty deep. I'm on the deep end of the esports thing now. I'm sold. You're and to in, me, all this. In. Yeah, this is less legitimate because. It's only, I don't know. So it's not any less. So apparently the way this works for a lot of games, like the League of Legends and the big ones, is the companies themselves are putting up the prize money. They're, like, they're sort of bootstrapping the incentive for there to even be professional players. <clears throat> and then they get advertisers and the prize money grows and grows and there's entrance fees and whatever. But it starts from the company. So in that sense, this isn't any different. But part of the cool thing about esports, and this is just me, is, and I've always been fascinated by things like this, it's taking something that was not meant to be done a certain way and doing it that way anyways. Like taking a game that was never designed to be played competitively or to have teams or for people to spend years of their lives focusing on getting better at it and then doing that like that's that's part of the fun for me so these games that i don't know i go either way like it's cool that games are designed for this because that probably will make them more fair and more fun to watch uh which is a big problem in some games like they're impossible to watch and a big part of esports is watching them 
So a lot of first-person shooter games, I don't think anyone's figured out how to show that in a way that's fun to watch because it's just like nauseating, switching between different people's views and <clears throat> the top-down doesn't really make sense. Whereas some fighting games or like League of Legends is a lot easier because it's just a screen, there's multiple characters on the screen moving around, you can sort of see everything. <clears throat> makes more sense. Yeah. Now, would it make you, would you be interested in watching this, John? Dan, I could not be any more opposite of you. (laughs) And what everything you said, I was literally feeling the exact opposite. Where it's like, I'm the opposite of you because I'm not a video game guy, but I like basketball. And for example, Mm -hmm. I, in terms of the range of games you can esports, I'm almost the complete opposite of you. Where like a League of Legends to me is too complicated, too confusing, and I don't understand it. The first-person shooter's kind of in the middle where, yeah, I agree it's not the best to watch, but I get it. You shoot the other guy like that I can handle and get the speed on. And then when you get down all the way to the sports game, for example, I had never watched that much esports, but for the Super Bowl um, on NFL Network, they actually uh, broadcast the Madden Championship. Madden mm-hmm. 2016, whatever the new version is. It was really entertaining because I knew what was going on. You throw the ball, you run the ball, 10 yards, touchdown, like rules I was very familiar with. And I think by tying the game to the NBA franchises, so the Golden State Warriors will have an NBA 2K team and the Boston Celtics will have an NBA 2K team. So you're bringing in a new audience of people who may not be primarily video game players. They understand the rules of the game. To me, I think a big miss is that they're not playing the actual NBA players. Like, you don't have Steph Curry, and you don't have, you know, Isaiah Thomas, and you don't have, like, the actual NBA players. Okay, I guess you have to get around that. I like that it's the same players every week, so you you, you learn your team, and you learn who your players are. I think, would that work for a League of Legends-type game? I don't know, but I think for a sports game, I think that makes a lot of sense. So I'm, I'm yeah. in on this. Like, I'm, I would absolutely give this a shot. <laughs> I would totally try it, so... I, I, I think like a it. difference between traditional sports and esports in scare quotes is the teams are a lot more fluid, but the people are pretty consistent. Mm-hmm. So from year to year or even multiple times in the year, a player that you might really like just because of their like persona or the way they play might be on multiple different teams. And there's no real contracts, at least not in some of the games I've watched. So it's confusing at first because you're like, but wait, what happened to Team Whatever? And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, Team Whatever doesn't exist anymore. Three people from that team joined this team, and the other two people joined this other team. Uh, so at first it's confusing, but you do have, for the most part, consistent people. I would be interested, Sean, <clears throat> in watching one of these like less traditional ones with you. Like a... <laughs> A, a high caliber event where where we commentate the like event, and I try to explain to you for like an hour what's going on. Oh, we we simulcasted, and and you and I yeah. play color commentary, and you try to absolutely. I'm just the clueless yeah, yeah, yeah. moron who has no idea what's going on. I, that might be fun. It might just be painful to listen to though, because <laughs> I'm just gonna get frustrated. I don't, I don't need. I don't want to broadcast it. I'm just curious if I can convince you. If I can change your mind, that's what I'm curious. Honestly, about. I'm willing to give. That's the other thing too that I think this deal has that other things don't is. If right now I wanted to go watch a League of Legends competition, I guess I would go to Twitch. But like, I don't. I feel the barrier to entry with something like that is is too high for a mainstream average individual, whereas I could see an ESPN2 or the NBA Network 
um, airing this, and it just happens to be on TV, and I flip to it, and they're playing basketball, so I know what they're doing, and I see it's the Warriors versus the Celtics, two teams I already know. Like, like I think they've just reduced the barrier to entry so staggeringly low. Like, I'll, that's something I would just casually watch, whereas something like League of Legends takes a lot of effort on my part. I, I feel anyway. I don't know. Colby's been silent because he's trying to figure out how he can get one of these salaried gigs playing uh, video games all year. He, he's, he's like, how long um, would it take me to learn how to play NBA 2K? I'm not sure that I'm interested <laughs> in that, frankly. No. You got to watch um, that. Yeah, right, right. Uh, so, as a person who, like, I say that I dislike basketball, but I'm not interested in basketball at all. Mm -hmm. And as a person who's also not like, at least to this point, particularly interested in esports either. Uh, I don't know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's okay to have no opinion. Uh, as no, as not. as being completely ignorant uh, of really both sides. Um. It seems sort of silly to me to have esports of an an actual sport where you could like watch the sport. <laughs> um, <laughs> yes, you raise a good point. I have so thought that, of that. That's the the thing that I don't like. I uh, the thing I think is sort of interesting about esports is like you could have like anything. Like the the there there are infinite possibilities. Um, but then this is like something that is grounded, like fully grounded in reality to the point where you could, you could switch the channel and watch like an actual basketball game. Maybe like the esports basketball game will be more fun to watch. I, I can't, I, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll have to watch one and see, uh, see what we think of it. Um, but then again, on the other hand, like, uh, I think you raise good points about like sort of watchability or Dan, Dan, I think Dan talked about this maybe um, like watchability of this. Like we know basketball can be watched on TV because we do it all the time. Um, and, and theoretically uh, within a game environment, the production could be even better. Like you can certainly see things like you could never see. Um, like on on regular TV because it's just not not possible. So that's kind of interesting. So it's, it, it's an interesting idea. Uh, <laughs> it's not quite clear to me that it makes sense. But then again, like maybe this fills the like. Um, I mean, I don't have this problem with basketball, but like with football, like the football season ends and there's no more football to watch. So yeah. like maybe watch like esports football instead. I don't know. I, I think I, you're. I think you're right, Colby. It's not a bad idea. It's just a boring idea. <laughs> right. It's not like. I mean, maybe it is game changing, but it doesn't seem like. I don't know. Totally crazy. No, and I think you you raised a really good point, which I I think I've talked about before. Another part, fun thing about esports as compared to regular sports is the games can be different, like football. Football stadiums have to be exactly the same. Whereas video games, you can play on hundreds of different maps. Maybe you don't even know what the map is before mm -hmm. the game starts. Uh, yeah, so that's a good point. May I, 
it kind of misses the point of esports to just say we're going to play a basketball video game. Because, yeah, you could watch real people play basketball, and that would probably be more dramatic. There's injuries that matter. and But if you're going to play this game that can't even exist in the real world, uh, then that's exciting because there's different kinds of strategies. It's more fluid. It's faster. Uh, you don't want to have, like, playing a basketball game that's a simulate. Like, what about all the downtime basketball and football? Just, like, get rid of it. Uh, yeah, but... I mean, people do watch regular basketball, so I, I, I agree with you that I think there's an audience, you're right, Dan, that they tune into to eSports because it's something they can't get anywhere else, But and that's why I like that people are trying different... Nobody knows the right way to do this because it's never been done, so I commend the NBA for trying. I do think somewhere there's an audience for this, so people who really like that. It's weird to me. I agree, Colby. I don't know why you would do it during the basketball season, and why not do it during <laughs> the off season. Like, that's yeah. weird to me. Because you're getting twice as maybe, much basketball all of a sudden. Maybe it's a way to like get people into it, though. Like people who who wouldn't be searching out that kind of thing, where it's like, hey, on after the game, or like on before the game, or like tune in on on you know tomorrow at four for for the e the basketball game. Yeah, <laughs> the e basketball game. Um, no, but I I but I do agree though that I think the consistency does breed a certain fan base who relishes the consistency and says I can tune it at any time, see my team playing, I know what I can expect. I know that, you know, they might win, they might lose depending on who they're playing, but the rules are always the same, the court's always the same. Um, again, I think it's just different audiences for different stuff. I just think it's interesting that the NBA's putting their own money up to do this, that these guys mm. are salaried players. Um, and that they're, they're literally building a really organized, defined league. Like there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. There are rules, there are sponsors, there are, it's, it's not, you won't see a lot of crazy stuff. I mean, NBA has their hand in this, so, which is unique. So we'll have to wait and see, but it's not going to start till 2018. So you got a little while to wait at least. Oh, well. Keep your eyes peeled for that. I know you guys are big fans of the basketballs. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. What else would you like to talk about? We've got unlimited plans. We've got Apple going wireless. We've got the rapidly changing legal environment of the Internet. <laughs> We've got Android oh, Wear 2.0. Like, I feel like we might as well talk about that. that oh, okay. I've got no problem with that. Colby. Picked out this really interesting... You know, I post all the lame articles. Oh, look, Google's new watch is out. Oh, look at that. And Colby picks, like, think about this philosophical debate about about freedom on the internet. Um, Important. Colby, you want to give us a... You want to give it a shot at uh, summarizing this? Sure. I So, um, I admittedly uh, did not read the entire <laughs> thing. <laughs> it, appreciate I'm, your honesty. I'm, so so I'll 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 take a shot at the summary though. Um basically the the premise of the the article is that well I mean I think this is true like like uh the big internet companies that that we all know and love like the Google and Facebooks of the world um have have uh at least it's suggesting that some of their success is due to uh their their relative like special status in legal stuff so um there was uh i guess it was in the 90s there was this like law that was passed that basically protects 
um, like websites and, and like online services from, uh, I guess it, it, it absolves them of the liabilities for the most of the things that their users do on the site. Um, so there are some notable exceptions. One of them being like child pornography, um, companies have to like find and, you know, like report that to the authorities. Um, but YouTube, for example, like, um, the other, the other exception to that is copyrighted material. So, so that's why YouTube itself goes through and like finds things that, that use that may or may not infringe on copyright and, uh, gives you a warning or whatever. Um, but the but beyond those uh, special cases, for the most part, uh, companies aren't responsible for things the users their users do. Um, and so they this the article sort of posits that this is coming so maybe coming to an end soon or like things are changing now, um, given our, our the sort of uh, post post election discussion of like fake news. Um, there's, I mean, for probably years now, abuse on Twitter has been an ongoing discussion that they really like haven't done very much about at all. Um, so, so that's I, I'm like not less interested in the article necessarily, and more interested in like it just sort of got me thinking like, is that like to what extent is that correct? Like, um, I don't think it's. You know, I don't think the original thought process behind behind that that uh, like law is crazy. I think it sort of makes sense. Like, why like should Facebook be responsible for you posting a fake news article on Facebook? Like, I I don't think it's obvious that they should necessarily. Um, but I don't know. So I, I I was interested to 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 chat about that. Well, and, and, and one thing I'll... Uh, excellent summary, Colby. You don't need me. Thanks. Uh, no, but uh, one thing I'll add on top of that is that, you know, it, increasingly we're seeing that law sort of stretched beyond the internet. Airbnb, for example, um, claiming that they're an internet company, so if Colby rents a house and trashes it, they're not responsible. They're just the internet middleman. Uber doing the same thing with a lot of uh, regulations around drivers. They say they're not a taxi company. They're an internet company. Um, and so there the rules don't apply to them. And so I think you're right, Colby. Europe, the EU right now is pushing uh, to, to regulate these bodies a little bit more. Um, it's a little more voluntary at this point, not forcing anyone to do anything, but things like removing hate speech and things of that, that's kind of like one of the big ones uh, that they're working on. Right, right. Um, yeah, that was, that was the other important thing in the article that I totally forgot about. No, no problem. Some of us read it to the end, so uh, no, I'm no, no, just kidding. Uh, no, I, it's, it's, goddamn, I, I, for some reason, I hate when we talk about stories where I don't know the answer because then I don't feel smart. This is just my brain, uh, because I don't, I don't, the, the answer, there is no answer to this. There just isn't. It's for me, it's a spectrum, right? There, there's the, the one thing I don't want to get all political here, but I feel like the one word our government needs to know, really, the country needs to know, is moderation. It's just moderate <laughs> everything in moderation. Compromise really would be the B level of that word, right? Like it shouldn't be everything or nothing. It can be some things, right? Like it doesn't have to be complete freedom on the internet, but you also don't have to regulate it a lot. Like, you know, uh, it should 
you know, um, Airbnb be allowed to to rent to people, and because they're the middleman, not necessarily be responsible. Sure, I guess I could see that, but you know, it, should they also stop repeat abusers on their network, and should they put safeguards in place to make sure it doesn't happen? Yeah, probably. I mean, you know, it's it's all about the spec. You know, should should Facebook read everything you write and and approve it before you publish it? No, probably not. But you know, should they have a system in place that allows you to flag inappropriate content? Yeah, I would think so. So you know, it's. It's where that line is is the difficult part of this conversation mm. for me, not whether or not there should be a line. Like, it should not be one or the other. There should not be complete freedom, and there should not be a complete lockdown. It's just where do you draw that line, and it's an arbitrary line, and it is a very hard thing to decide. So, there, we just I just solved it. So, <laughs> Yep. Done. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I thought, I thought about it a bunch before the show, I guess. Um, and it seems like maybe one place that line could be is like if the things that are happening, um, I guess so. I, I guess I didn't really think about it so much in the Airbnb and Uber case. Um, I think that's maybe even more complicated because that causes that crosses over into the real, real world. Not that things, other stuff on like Facebook or Twitter never crosses into the real world, right? You read the stories of like, uh, with a thing like doxing or whatever, when when mm-hmm. like bad people like find out someone's someone's like real life address and stuff and post it online, um, so so theoretically, so they could be like you know get beat up or something. I I don't know why, but um, but the, I mean, I think a reasonable place to draw the line is like, is this thing that the user is doing hurting someone? Then like maybe we should deal with it. Um, and then... Corporations are people, though, Colby, so... <laughs> Ugh. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I guess that's true. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It, it seems... But, well, I guess the thing, the thing is, like, these companies aren't going to do something about it. Cause that's not how companies work. Like companies serve like one singular purpose and they, they, you know, with, with exceptions. Um, but for the most part, like they're trying to make more money, however they can make more money. And so like the reality is if no one like, and, and when I say no one, if it's like the government doesn't step in at some point and say in, and draw the line somewhere, which they did with, with child pornography stuff, um, and they did with copyright notices. Um, if they don't draw the line, like the company the companies are going to continue to push and push and push until someone draws a line somewhere. Uh, so like maybe well, where, where are you seeing this line not being drawn? Because in the Airbnb and Uber case, these rules and regulations do exist. Right. Right. So I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I think I'm less thinking about Airbnb and more thinking about, Uh, Something like Twitter or like, you know, like with with. um, Fake like fake stuff on Twitter, like uh, abusive stuff on Twitter. I don't really I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't really think there are like laws necessarily Uh, like maybe some of that stuff would fall under other like more real life laws. But I'm sure it's like very unclear 
how those apply online. And, and obviously we know Twitter is not being, not held responsible for that. So like they have no, um, you know, no legal reason to deal with this stuff. Obviously they get like pressure from users and, and people in the media and things, but like legally they're not obliged to, to try and deal with this. And that sort of seems, it seems sort of broken. Maybe. I don't know. Well, I, I, you know, I'm, I mean, I think to, to one hand, you're right, but, you know, I, I'm happy to sit here and make the sort of pro-Republican argument and, and look at the other side of this, which is, you know, less government regulation, but hypothetically in a more perfect world, uh, the, I believe the free market could even handle this. I mean, you know, w- when these things become such large problems, the reason... You could argue that these companies want to block child pornography because it's bad for their business, and they want to block uh, illegal content because it's bad for their business. And when Facebook gets a lot of bad press and starts losing users because of fake news, they have an incentive to do something about it. Um, same with with Uber and Airbnb and all these companies, Twitter especially, who's hemorrhaging users. I can't imagine you know that the the issues they're having with content doesn't play some small role in that. Uh, so at what point do these companies have financial incentive and business incentive to do these things outside of any kind of law or, or government rule? Um, mm. That's that's what interests me in this case is that um, as the market sort of changes, um, they're going to have to face this reality that people are fighting back about this total freedom on the Internet thing. I think I think the market is asking for more boundaries. But that's always going to be a lagging indicator of sure. what should actually be done. Oh, that's sure. True. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I'm, again, that, that was my version of the answer to people who say there are too many government regulations. And I, I'm not going to fully disagree with them, but, you know, it, it is a slippery slope when the government starts deciding what, what private companies should and shouldn't do. And I agree there's a place and a time for regulations, but especially when it comes to freedom of speech and, and it's a whole... It's a whole can of worms. I would rather the free market solve it themselves, uh, but I agree with you, Dan. I don't. I don't think that's fast enough, and I don't think that always works the way it should. Mm. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think the like when we talk about the government doing something like this, there's like always the possibility of like overreach, and there will always be like special interests that have some sort of stake in in what's going on. Like, like with that the. I forget what it's called, the DCA or something, C C D A, the Communications Decency Act, um, that uh, exempt or or the, one of the exceptions is copyrighted data. Like the there's an exemption on copyrighted things because of like the music industry and 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 the film industry and stuff because they didn't they didn't want their 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 uh, the stuff that they they felt they own flying around online. Um, so it, it would certainly be a, a complicated thing to tackle, um, either making it, you know, not too, too broad or just broad enough, a a Goldilocks sort of situation. Yeah. You're in the Goldilocks zone. Goldilocks zone. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Right. Trademark. Uh, yeah, I think uh, I, I think you're right, and I, I did Colby. I actually really did like your idea of when it crosses into the real world, because if I simply go on Twitter and call Colby some kind of terrible racial slur, like a cracker, right. I don't know. Uh, it's the the the, <laughs> the worst nicest thing I could say um, about Colby, and so 
you know, is that is that illegal? Should that be taken down? Right. I mean, but I, I agree with you. I think that there is a point um, at, at which it becomes a problem. And I did like in this article, they talked about the EU. And one of the things that they're working on right now is, is a voluntary program where the EU is writing up a set of rules and regulations mm-hmm. it believes companies should follow. Um, but it's voluntary. They're, they're you know, they're not it, it's certainly not law. Um, they're just heavily encouraging companies to do it, and maybe one day it could become law. But I don't think that's the worst idea. I mean, uh, certainly, a, you know, I, I think, again, if the free market asks for it, I don't think it would be bad for these large, the Facebooks and the Twitters and the Googles of the world to get together and create a code of ethics for how, how they should operate their businesses. Let the industry define it before the government has a chance to, to overstep their boundaries. Which, frankly, right. I think more industries should do, but okay, we'll focus on this one for the time being. But come out, have an open, of course, this will never happen, but have an open, honest discussion with the with your customers and the American people and find out what your customers want and create a clear set of rules that you follow and that you publish publicly and that you have systems in place to enforce them. And you do it voluntarily without being forced by the government mm-hmm. on your own terms. An idealized situation for sure, but certainly not the worst idea. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, that's... It- it sounds great. Um, whether whether or not it'll happen, I don't know. Um, now, here's my question on on an infinite. So, if these companies get their way, like Uber and Airbnb to a lesser extent, but Facebook and Google especially, like they will be the ways that people do stuff. So there won't be taxis. They'll just be the self-driving Ubers. There. Uh, there won't be hotels. It'll just be like the gig economy. Then I think if, yeah, well, I think in that world, you have, then there has to be government regulation, right? Sure. Because that's the way it's done. So it's only a question in my mind of when, and I think I would argue we're already there, at least as far as my life is concerned. That's probably not true of everyone. Uh, I would, I would welcome I would welcome our new regulation overlords. Uh, no, but like for Uber and stuff, like and Airbnb, honestly. And if if I get that feeling of safety via some pro- product decision they make or the government, I don't really care. I have more faith that the government will do that than Airbnb, or that they'll initiate it. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's Do you reason- think this was the right decision at the time? Oh, back in the nineties. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I well. I again, think it I, made. I think the 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 questions were way less complicated in the nineties. Like it was all just I chat rooms. I mean. Right, right, and I'm sure you know. I'm sure a couple of people can had conceived of you know, something like Uber or something like Airbnb at the time. But, but at the time that was like science fiction, like those things actually didn't exist. Um, which, you know, like, I, I don't think like the government is, is typically like particularly proactive. Like I'm sure I feel like this was kind of a, a reactionary thing. Um, and I think for the most part it did make it, it, it did make sense at the time. Uh, and perhaps in many cases still makes sense uh, for stuff. Yeah. Like for, for stuff that doesn't cross 
cross the screen. And, you know, I, I'm sure there's a lot of nuance to this because I think, you know, some would argue that, like, being, like, harassed on Twitter every day, like, that does, you know, that, like, can have, like, a, a, like psychological effects on people, which, which certainly does uh, cross the screen. But I guess for, in, a, in a, an unnuanced interpretation of that, uh, I guess it made sense. But things have changed. Well, I, name me a law that when it passed was perfect when it first passed and hasn't changed since it was passed. We're still <laughs> fixing Social Security, and it's been around for a zillion years. So, you know, I, I, that, it does not surprise me that, um, you know, that, 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 this court, that this law has to change and be amended over time as technology changes and use cases change. I don't think fundamentally it was a, a bad premise on day one. Um, but I agree that the internet is not what it used to be, and you know, I I I think there's a reason. Well, see, now I'm going to sound so cheesy. There's a reason why the the first uh, you know that the first amendment is the freedom of speech because that's the most important one. Second one, of course, got to have your guns. Uh, no, but but you get the idea that you know it is. I I I am all for protecting the ability. For, for companies to have some amount of freedom in how they operate, and just because the internet's different doesn't mean those rules don't apply to them. That being said, they are different, right? If I wanted to go to a newspaper and post a classified ad that Colby is a cracker, am I allowed to do that, right? <laughs> what, what rules apply to them that don't apply to these internet companies? That's where you really have to figure out what are the differences and how does it, it work differently. For example, um, from this article in June, a judge decided that Yelp... Um, cannot challenge a court order that had asked them to remove a defamatory review of a lawyer by one of his clients. So basically the court said Yelp had to take down a bad review. I mean, at what point do, do these laws say, you know, is, is a review protected speech? If I go on and say, don't panic is the worst show I've ever heard. It's absolutely terrible and no one should ever listen to it. Can we sue that person? Because, because we think the show is great. You can try well, and but that's my my question is apparently people are starting to succeed, so that's where these laws have to sort of change and evolve to fit the culture. Personally, I think, you know, there are such things as unnecessarily, you know, dishonest reviews versus bad reviews. You know, if this man was never actually a a, a client of the lawyer claimed he was and he was lying, like okay, maybe you know that's another story. I don't I don't know the full background of that, but um, well, funny story about that stuff. Uh, a friend of mine. Uh, she had a side business of helping companies fix their Yelp reviews. So she would go in and like go through all the reviews and do research on people and report those who were un who were like spam accounts or unlikely to be uh, patrons of the business, mm -hmm. and then like do these campaigns to get regular patrons to write positive reviews to drown out the bad ones. Mm. She made quite a bit of money off of that, uh, <laughs> which blew my mind. Like, you'd think that, could Yelp be in that business? I mean, I guess that's pretty and really terrible. And should Yelp terrible. be in that business? Well, the, the, first part of, the first part of fixing fixing bad things, not necessarily paying people. Uh, by the way, I will say, one of the most egregious things in life to me is people who ask and will pay you for, you know, who like, oh, you know, t give us five stars on Yelp and we'll give you a free night at our hotel or we'll give you a, oh, I hate those people. I hate them so, oh, I despise those I've people. I've never seen like a, a kickback. 
oh, I've seen it more than I've once. I've seen that ass. And that pisses me off, especially when I went to that place because their Yelp was so good. And then I see that and I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. hang on. That's very... But were you disappointed? Um, I don't think... I, maybe the places were average. I don't remember specifically. I don't think I was ever blatantly disappointed. But I did think a lot less of that place. I'm like, so your place... You must have such a bad Yelp thing. You have to bribe people. It's one thing to ask. Be like, please rate us on Yelp. Like, that's fine. But don't be like, if you give us five stars and show it to us, we will give you X. And I've seen that more than once. (laughs) And that's like bullshit. I despise that. that. At that point, it almost like, uh, I feel like it almost gets into like, sort of like journalistic integrity things where like, if you're writing a review of something, like you should probably disclose like, whether or not the company sent you a free one. Um, well, like Amazon's that's... fought this for a long time. A long time right. Amazon's fought this, and they're, they're still not very good at it. But again, this, this is where all of these various freedom, quote-unquote, discussions come in. Like, is Yelp, should they be required as a business to disclose those things? We're, right. we're, 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 you know, the government keeps asking these companies for reports and say, hey, Yelp, how many of your reviews are fake? And how many, you know, they, they keep trying to find out this kind of information. Where, where do you draw the line? Yelp is a private business. If they want to put up, leave up fake reviews, they're entitled to do that. The free market would say they would then lose customers because their reviews are no longer good. They'd go to a competitor. Right, right. Mm, fascinating. I think, really, I think the best advice we can give is go read a newspaper. <laughs> just stay off the internet completely best right. option you have write a letter now do you do you folks think that it's any different when you come into something like youtube should youtube youtube should youtube be legally responsible if someone posts something that uh violates copyright i don't think so okay um well or I, or similarly I mean, if, I think if someone I, posts something on Facebook that is hate speech, well, so Facebook I, shouldn't be liable for the fact that they did that. Right. I, I don't think like YouTube should be liable for the speech, but I, I, you know, like I think they should be liable for like doing something about it much the way that they do. They are with copyright from my understandings, like they like serve the takedown notices and take down content, like given, you know, a request from someone, um, you know, I don't know how that would work for, for, you know, obviously like, I think they could figure out, figure out, uh, uh, some sort of like reasonable system for, for dealing with almost anything if they, they put their minds to it. Um, but, so does that make sense? Like, I don't think they're liable for what a person does on the site. I think they're liable for, like, dealing with things that are harmful. No, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for me, it just comes down to, it's really simple, right? Dan, if you made a copy of a DVD and handed it to Colby, that would be illegal, right? Yeah. If you do the same thing on the internet, I would think it should also be illegal. However, if you put up a billboard saying, Colby Rabideau is a jerk, here's his address... Is that illegal? As far as I know, it's not. So should it be illegal on the internet? Maybe it should be illegal in real life. A, a fair point, uh, though. That, honestly, that you're—I mean, that's then you start getting into yeah. First Amendment stuff, and and th- that's a whole ball of wax. But I think that's a fair point. Like, where do you draw the line between reality and the internet? 
Because the internet gives you powers you don't have in reality. Dan's billboard is going to be seen by, you know, a thousand people who drive by it. His internet post could be seen by millions, right? Right. So it, it's a matter of scale. But I would argue mm. the billboard company should have some level of responsibility, whether legally or just morally or ethically, to say, hey, Dan, that's kind of a shitty thing to do. We're not going to do that. I think Facebook should do the same thing. Mm. Or someone should so, be able to, you know? Yeah. Another, so, uh, uh, another thought experiment, maybe. It, say, like, so, so I'm going to copy a DVD and give it to Dan, um, but I'm, he lives in New York and I live in Boston, so I'm going to send it in the mail. Is, is the post office legally responsible for the, the copyrighted material that I transmitted? You just blew my mind. <laughs> Although, actually, I do right. think, isn't that an additional felony because you were transporting stolen goods oh, across maybe. state lines in the maybe. mail? Um, yeah, but, yeah. but is the post office responsible? Could, 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 the, could Universal Studios sue the post office? Um, right. I don't know, but that is, a really good, that is a really good point. If you're transmitting, if they're enabling you to, to yeah. do that. So some would say I feel I feel like some some would probably argue that the post office is similar to a web service uh, from well, a certain point of view. But then but then I'm going to I'm going to double down on your on your hypothetical because I okay. would argue that web services have a much easier time of detecting that sort of thing. I don't know mm. how the US mail would know that until someone told them or after the fact. So so now we're talking about should we legalize the post office opening every piece of mail and looking for Colby's, you know, illegal <laughs> copy dvd of you know La La Land or whatever he's watching <laughs> which is like basically what what facebook or google can do like in reality that's that is how it works basically they can look i say i say look there's not a person looking through your stuff but like the computers like can look through all your posts and all the posts of every single person who has ever posted on facebook yeah i don't know it's crazy Things are different now. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Things are different now. Yeah. Uh, there's a reason I why. I mean, we're... the big difference is Facebook is now, you know, and Google are massive multi-billion dollar corporations. They're not just little startup websites run by five people, too. Yep. Mm. Yep. When you, when you have two billion daily active users, at some point you become like the post office. You become so big, you know, you... You, you, the, the level of responsibility grows. Right. You, you can't slide by anymore. And I think this goes back to, was the original law a good idea? Well, maybe, but is it a good law idea today? I don't know. It's a lot different now. No, no one back then, I think, could have ever guessed that 2 billion people every single day would be using a single website. So. That's true. That's a lot of people. It's crazy when you think about it. Mm -hmm. And yet Facebook still sucks. <laughs> Come on! Wow, the most Shots popular, fired. most popular page in the history of the internet, and you can't suck a little less. I really do hate Facebook. Isn't so Google much. still more popular though? Um, I, again, com. I think in I, it's about what you know how they kind of manipulate the metrics, and they're like, well, we have more daily active view. Oh, well, we have more overall views, and we have. I don't, I don't know. They're both extremely large. I know, I know that. Yeah. Um, for sure. For sure. Um. All right, guys, we uh, we're we're actually we're literally over an hour already, and we haven't even gotten a pick. So, oh man, um, let's let's bounce into that. Good discussion. Um, I don't I don't think we solved it, but certainly we got some some people talking. If you'd like to give us your thoughts on this debate, where you stand, we'll we'll even talk about it next week. You can do it in a couple ways. 
Of course, leave us a voicemail, 508-644-8324 at the phone number. You can also tweet us at Don't Panic Show or send us an email, don'tpanicshow at gmail.com. Let us know where you fall on this. Whose responsibility is it to keep the internet a safe and healthy place? Let's jump into picks here. Um, I want Colby to go first just because I want him to read the full name of the the if his pick this week. <laughs> Do I have to read the whole thing? The whole thing, top to bottom. Okay. It's it's the uh, Sateki Aluminum Multiport Adapter 4K HDMI, parentheses, 30 hertz, close parentheses, uh, comma, Type-C path through, Ethernet SD card micro, I'm sorry, SD slash micro card reader, and three USB 3.0 ports. It just rolls off the now, top. Uh, I know, as someone who works at e-commerce, I know exactly why they did this. The keyword stuff, their title, with all the things you could possibly be looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, Go on. So, so in any case, I think we mentioned on the show before, I like my laptop was refreshed at work. Uh, so I have the, the controversial uh, Touch Bar MacBook Pro, which has only four ports in all of those ports. I'm sorry, it has five ports. One of those ports is a headphone jack. Uh, the other four are USB-C ports. So all of the plugs that I owned before are now garbage. So I, I'm I'm like dongle rich. I have a million dongles. <laughs> dongle rich. Yeah. Uh, it's like so, being in a target rich environment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I I couldn't do it. I didn't have enough. There weren't enough plugs in the por- the four ports weren't enough to plug in all of my stuff and charge my laptop at the same time. I could have um, like my USB peripherals. Uh, I have two monitors. No- neither of them is a Thunderbolt monitor. So you- I couldn't like daisy chain or anything like that. So those were two plugs. And then the last port. Um, oh, I had to choose. That was it. I had to choose between either using Ethernet at the office or using or, or being plugged in. Um, to charge so uh, I ended up getting this this thing and I can plug one of my monitors and it has ethernet built in uh, and a bunch of extra USB ports so it doesn't not work and I've never tried the SD card reader because that was not what I got this for it was just like the most uh, the most things that I needed it to do in one thing of all the ones that I looked at Uh and this, the wire cutter had picked one of their other ones, like one of their smaller ones. It is a little expensive. It's like eighty dollars for for like it's not very big. It's not. It won't satisfy you with its heft. But so far for me, it's it's done the job. So if that's a problem. If if you also have a dongle problem, maybe it's something. Call you your check doctor. Out. Um. Yes. Yeah. No. <laughs> the the. Uh, <laughs> Check it out. The, the link will be on our website. The Satachi Aluminum Multiport Adapter 4K HDMI Type-C Pass-Through Ethernet SD Microcard Reader and 3 USB 3.0 ports. We'll have the link on the website at don'tpanic.io. Check that out if you are uh, too dongle rich to uh, to handle it. All right. Cool. Thank you, Colby. I'm going to go next. Um, you guys are probably familiar with the Humble Bundle, right? Which I've, I've never purchased one of these, but apparently, and I didn't know this, uh, they do this thing where they bundle a bunch of like games or sometimes they do it with uh, like books and stuff and they bundle them together and you pay what you want and they, they give the money to charity and it, you usually have a bunch of good games associated with it. 
um, usually through Steam and and you know me, I'm not Mr. Gamer. But I did see an article about the Humble Freedom Bundle, which is a new bundle that they just came out with to support causes like the ACLU um, and other like charities um, as well. Um, and so for a minimum of 30 bucks, though you can pay what you want, you get, they claim $600 worth of stuff, and I believe it. And one of the reasons I want to pick it on the show is because it contains a number of games we've already picked on the show, That's including... Right. Stardew Valley, which Dan picked not even that long ago. Invisible Ink, which Dan also picked. Um, there's also the Stanley Parable. I which did? I, we, we, yeah, you did. You, I double-checked, too. You picked it a while back. Invisible Ink? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was you. Somebody picked it. It wasn't me. Maybe it was a Colby. Invisible Ink? <laughs> Colby, Colby, <laughs> picked, like have to look it up. Colby picked it in October. October 10th. Wow. Invisible oh, Ink. Oh, Ink as in incorporated. Yes. INC, period. Yeah, I did pick that. He did. I'm not crazy. A little bit. Um, the Stanley uh, Parable, which I don't know if we've picked, but we've certainly discussed. Uh, Mini Metro, which I picked. Um, and the list goes on and on. It's a, it's an utterly massive list of games, um, some of which I'm told are very good. So for me, I'm finally going to get in and try and play some video games. And for 30 bucks, I thought, hey, this is... There's some books in oh, here too, and yeah, I was gonna say there's a bunch of books. There's an audio book I just saw. Yeah, they just there's you literally can, you can learn the R programming language, Sean. Is that, is that a good one? I don't. If you want to do statistics, it's pretty good. Otherwise, it's not. It's pretty bad. <laughs> hard hard pass on that one. Um, but you can check it out at humblebundle.com/freedom. Um, I thought it was a good deal, and I'll report back if there's any good. I'll play the couple we've already, you know, Stardew Valley and Invisible Incorporated, um, and give those a shot. And if there's any other new ones in here that are pretty good, I'll let you all know. Nice. So check that out. Oh, um, The Witness is in there? That game seems cool. Yeah, that's yeah, apparently the new hotness. Yeah. And that alone is like 40 bucks if you buy it new, so right, right. getting your money's worth out of it, and you're helping a good cause. Um, all right, let's go to Dan, and Dan, I am... Just I as soon as I saw you pick this, I'm like, I know I picked this. I know I picked this. And I searched the whole you sheet. You did? I, no, apparently I didn't. It was my favorite thing of 2016, and how I didn't pick it is utterly <laughs> baffling. It's so good, I bought it on Blu-ray. That's how much I enjoyed this. I have the physical well, copy. You also buy wow. music CDs, so that's I'm an old man. So you what what are you picking for us, Dan? So apparently, uh this came out in 2016. It's a TV show. I guess it's just gonna ever only ever going to be one season, although I'm not done with it yet, called mm-hmm. The People vs. OJ, about the OJ Simpson case, which I wasn't really around for, so it's all sort of new to me. Uh, something about a glove and a Bronco, like that was all I knew going into it. Uh, and it's on Netflix now. I'm not sure for how long. Currently it's on Netflix, so if you have a Netflix subscription, you can watch it. It's super good. Super interesting. It's got that sort of uh, maker murderer, the jinx sort of uh, high quality crime drama vibe going for it. So if you're into that sort of thing and you have a Netflix account, check out People vs. OJ. Super good. Started watching it during our sleet storm on Saturday. It's great. Yeah. Oh, it's so. Oh, I cannot speak highly enough about this miniseries favorite thing i watched 2016 the acting is so good yeah um john travolta is something else (laughs) yeah he's and david schwimmer as well is quite weird um yeah 
but like Sarah Paulson and Courtney B. Vance as Johnny Cochran, I mean, they're so good. Oh my god! Yeah. And the other, who is the? Um, oh, Sterling K. Brown as Chris Darden. Every, everyone is so so good, and I cannot speak highly enough. So yeah. excellent pick, Dan. Thank you. A plus. I approve. Not that that matters. Your approval means nothing. Uh, all right. Hey, that's <laughs> it. We're done. We're we're so far over. It's not even funny, but I'm glad we are because we had a fun time. We hope you did too. We appreciate all of you joining us here. Um, let's see. Let me do a couple of quick plugs. First of all, uh, GameNights.tv, quickly, Dungeons & Dragons. We're chugging along. We just published uh, Chapter 1 of our brand new adventure, The Legend of Shaker Heights, um, where I'm dungeon mastering, and these guys are in for the ride of their lives. Check it out there and follow along with the entire Shaker Heights adventure by subscribing at GameNights.tv slash subscribe. When it comes to this show, don'tpanic.io is our website. Every episode we've done, past, present, and future, there, audio, video. The picks for every episode, it's a whole nine yards. It's right there, a one-stop shop. Check it out. Um, of course, you can uh, subscribe to the show, youtube.com slash show for the video version. Get that when it goes out. And, of course, the audio on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, TuneIn Radio, most major podcasting apps, really anywhere podcasts are, we're there. Um, and if we're not, let us know and we'll be there. Um, and of course, follow us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter and Facebook.com slash Don't Panic Show, A, because we post the episodes there, but also B, that's where we're live. Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, right there. Lastly, the phone number, 508-644-TECH. That's 508-644-8324. Give it a call live or when we're not live and leave us a voicemail. We may play it next time. Uh, gentlemen, this is it. Now, we are not going to be here next week. Correct. Correct, oh, because yeah. you two have decided to all of a sudden have a life just out of nowhere. Look look at me, I'm Colby. Look at me, I'm Dan. I got stuff to do. Um, so we'll be celebrating President's Day with a plum. So we will not be here, but you can hold yourself over by listening to Game Nights in the meantime. And in two weeks, we will be back with all the tech news that you can handle. Um, and as we get into March, March is uh, Mobile World Congress. So we'll have a lot of new Samsung stuff. Um, we'll have a lot mm-hmm. of new phone announcements, so that's going to be, uh, and I think Windows does some stuff in May, so things are going to really start to pick up here um, on the program, so you're going to want to stick around. On behalf of Colby and Dan, this is Sean, thanking all of you for joining us, and hoping we'll see you next time for even more exciting tech news here on Don't Panic. <laughs>